Hello and welcome to the Bible Podcast, a podcast for pastors, church planters, ministers, anyone who is doing the work of ministry and working in the marketplace at the same time. This is your time of encouragement and I am your host, Ade Subbanjo. Welcome to the Bible Podcast, episode 12. This On this episode, I'm going to be talking about one big mistake I made at the beginning of my ministry. And I think a lot of Bible pastors are still making that mistake. Before I go into that, I'm just going to um, tell us about how things are going with, with us as a family. So uh, our firstborn, Demi, graduated uh, primary school. And that's so exciting for him. He's now going to secondary school next year uh, in September. That's ex- ex- he's very excited about that. It was so good to see him graduate. And um, we were happy to be there at his graduation in, in Canada. And um, yes, he's going to be with me for the next one month. Um, his, his younger brother, Damilola, is going for uh, summer camp. And he is, is too old to go to that same summer camp. So we, we decided to keep him at home to work with me so he will go to some of my appointments with me he's old enough now to sit quietly and just hang out by himself while i do my stuff and i can give him some assignments so it's going to be um a fun july for for myself and and for demi i know that milola will be a little bit jealous about that but at the same time he's going to have lots of fun at his summer camp so look forward to that yeah so let's get into Today's discussion, and that is the mistake I made while um, when I started the church, when we first planted the church, this mistake, many pastors do make it, especially Bible pastors, and, and that, that is the, the, the mistake, I call it wanting to build lots of attenders, have lots of members, instead of building disciples. And you may not think that that's a, a problem because you know usually it's attenders that become uh, disciples. So people that visit, they are the ones that eventually get born again and filled with the Spirit and begin to do the work of ministry. Yeah. So it's it it's there's a good there's a good part to it and there's a weird part to it and very subtle, but it can really um, stop one from become being as effective as Christ wants us to be. You know the thing is in in Mark's Gospel chapter sixteen, the the scripture there says that we sh- uh, the it instructs the people to go and preach the gospel to everyone, every create creation, every creature um, in the world. So that that's what we have in our minds. So it says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what we have, and so that's what I thought. The work of ministry was go and preach to the people, get them saved, and it stops there. And that's you know, but really we don't say that. But we didn't, I didn't go deep enough to really understand that it's not just calling them to to Jesus and getting them saved. We need to go beyond that and and disciple them. So I I, I I've seen that in scriptures in Matthew chapter twenty eight. Uh, where in you know, verse 19 to 20, where it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
So now, when we started the church, we we wanted people to be in the church, right? It, it's it's not fun preaching to chairs. It's not fun preaching to your spouse or just your children. And I, even at that time, we didn't have children yet. Damien was not born yet. Um, we, we, our first church was planted in 2005. And at that time, we had this desire to, to get disciples for Jesus, but we didn't understand that as Bible pastors, we, we needed to reformat the way we approach this, this task. And so we jumped in and tried to model the church after our full-time pastor's um, instructions. So we, we, we were dreaming of having 100 members in, in the first year. And that's possible. There's, there's nothing impossible about that. But the truth is, two of us were not equipped to really disciple 100 people. My wife and I were not equipped to disciple 100 people. So what I've, what I've learned since then is that, you know, there's a, there's a different model for Bible pastors. If you're working 20 hours a week, uh, even 40, some, some Bible pastors actually have to work 40 hours a week and still pastor. So if you're working 40 hours a week, it is unrealistic to think that you're going to disciple uh, 50 or 60 people. You, you can't even disciple 10 people if you're working that much. Um, so what, what I've discovered is that what Jesus wanted us to do is to go out there and find one, two, three, four, five, six people, 10 people, 20 people uh, that we can live our lives with and pour all that we know um, that Jesus has taught us into so that they can as well go and do the same. And at the beginning, when we planted our first church, we didn't understand that thoroughly. We understood it kind of. And I think any Bible pastor that's listening to this will know that they, they want to disciple people for Jesus. But but think of it. Go deep within your, your mind and you discover that all, what you're really thinking about, what you have in mind is the mindset of those big full-time pastors that are preaching to 20,000, 5,000 people every Sunday and the idea of church that we may have, not everybody has that, but that many of us had and I had at that time was I focused too much on the preaching part on Sunday, getting the message out there, getting the altar calls, people getting in, getting saved, doing multiple baptisms. I, I used to dream of that, you know, have 10, 15 people get water baptized, you know, every month, you know, that was, that was going to be exciting. But I discovered that you cannot build a strong church by thinking that you're going to just preach to 20, 30 people and not have a plan to disciple them. And, and, and that's what changed. I, after a while of plan, um, doing that church and working with the young ones, I discovered that I was, I was exhausted. I, I, I was doing as much as I could with just four or five people. And um, in 2007 is when um, I felt the Lord lead me that if I wanted this church to take off, I needed to give it more time. And so in 2007, I left my my business. I closed the office and began to give my time fully to to ministry. And at that time, I didn't close my website, but I closed the the work that I was doing, which was going to fix computers for people teaching 
computers and website design and uh, supporting companies with their website. I stopped that because I couldn't combine them. I, I couldn't do that. The Holy Spirit was leading me that if you want to really, if you want this to take off, then you need to give more time to the people and disciple them. And when, when I did that, I, I closed my business and um, left the website on because that didn't take much time. I didn't have any more calls to go fix any computer or set up any network or teach any classes. Then I began to spend more time with the people. And I discovered that the things, the, the meetings and the teachings that we did then have made a lot of impact. Many of those people are leaders and pastors in our church today. And so that leads me to what I want to share, the mindset change that really came upon me as I look back um, a couple of years into this journey. I discovered that we, didn't, we don't need to panic as Bible pastors, even if you have just few hours a week to do the work of ministry, you can still do a, a terrific job for the kingdom. If Jesus has called you and he didn't tell you to leave your job at the moment, then you can still do the work without leaving your job. The, the thing is, as Bible pastors or ministers, our heart, our first call is ministry. We wish we could spend all our time in ministry, but we have our commanding officer, we have our Lord and Savior. Sometimes he doesn't let us leave the job. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he doesn't let us leave the job. He wants us to keep the job, be in the community, and still disciple people. And there's a way to do that. That's what I want to share with you. There's there's this idea that came to my mind after studying. Um, uh, I don't remember. I can't remember where I, I saw that, but I was... Uh, privilege to read an article about the navigators and some something in that article read i read that a long time ago said that this guy was told to look for a person like him and uh, spend the whole time trying to get that person to become a soul winner and a discipler like him and he went out and, f and kept on trying and he found somebody taught the person the word and encourage them to go out and look for one person and and on and on and that's how they kept on discipling people and as i read that it, it began to dawn on me that that's what the the mission is that's what bible pastors can do you may not be able to uh, launch a church and have 100 people coming the first sunday or 50 people coming after two weeks um, but you may be able to launch a church that would empower and disciple one family for the whole year, one whole year, and all you've done is disciple one family, and um, and and it's not bad because if you think about it, let's let's assume that you're actually a single person and you spend one whole year to disciple one other person, and so in the second year of your ministry as a pastor, as a Bible pastor, you have discipled just one person, and so there are now two people, maybe your wife. And there are now two of you in the church, and then you do a, another one year, and each of you would look for one person whom you can minister to and just empower and bring them home and study scriptures together and have them sleep over if they need to, and you study together and look at things, go into details, and after one year, 
you both have one disciple each and then there are four disciples in the third year. So imagine a pastor who starts a church and for three years he has only four members. It looks like it's, 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 it's a failure. And that's, that's a problem. That's a mistake I made. I, I felt that because there were just young people, a uh, few people, that we needed to do more and do more to, to get the results. And uh, no, all that is confusion. You can, as, what is important is to figure out what God is doing and focus on discipling the people. I'm so grateful to God that I got uh, this not too long into my ministry. And uh, by the time I, the Lord was you know, guiding me to let go of my job in 2007 and saying, focus on the people what I did more was really focusing on the people, discipling them, meeting with them. I met with each of those members every week, and I met with people daily. And, and all I did with them is guide them and help them to know the Lord, to decide to serve the Lord. It's, it's not easy. It's not an easy task, but very fruitful, very rewarding. Now, I'm, I'm glad whenever I see some of this Men and women of God, they've, they've, they've grown now, they've married, some of them married each other, and they're serving a lot. Some are pastors in the church and or leading good works in different places. It's, it's, it's encouraging. And I want to continue that, that uh, hypothetical church. And the fourth year, they doubled them, their number again, and it gets to eight. And in the fifth year, 16. In the sixth year, 32. Imagine if you have a church that says we've been here for six years and all they have is 32 people. You, you may think, oh, that's a very um, small church. But, you know, 32 is becoming a big number these days, uh, especially in, in, in the developed countries, in, in Canada and U.S. Uh, not, not, not much in the U.S., but in the northern part of U.S. and, uh, and Europe. 32 is not bad. But, but if, they, if they are built to, to double every year, in the seventh year, there will be 64, and the eighth year, there will be 128, and that's already bigger than many of the churches, many of the churches in town. And in, in the tenth year, there will be 512, and in the eleventh year, there will be 1,024. Now, I know that this is not going to happen exactly like that, but I want you to understand that if you build with this model, and think about it and say, you know what, I'm going to design every program, design every meeting, design everything we do with this in mind. All we need to focus on is get people to know that all they are here on this planet for is to make disciples at their workplace, with their lives, in their marriage. Everything is geared towards discipling others for Jesus. And all you need to do is that every year you trust God for one person, you learn how to do it, and you go out and look for one person, one person who will follow Jesus, and you will be able to pour everything you've got into them and train them so that by next year you don't need to follow them, babysit them. They are ready to go out and do the same. And they keep coming back, of course. Um, and everybody's learning together every Sunday. Sunday service is designed to encourage people to learn and to serve together. Now, if you have this model, you discover that the church may grow slowly, but it will be stronger and it will eventually grow and become way bigger than if you grow the way I was going, which is trying to get the numbers, but the Lord made me not to do that. Eventually, I understood the, the principle 
uh, that God was trying to open my eyes to. And that's why the church model that we have is about multiplying churches and multiplying disciples. And I have discovered that if we continue to build like that, there will be a time when the church will grow very rapidly because the numbers are beginning to double. So I want to leave this thought with you. Uh, and it's scriptural. Go you into the world and disciple. Make disciples. So let's focus. Let's design, let's design our church with this in mind. That this year, everybody in church, we want to encourage you. We want to empower you. We want to strengthen you to be such a minister, such a witness of Christ that within the year, you will be able to find one person, you will mentor them, pour into their lives, and help them to become Christians who are able to do the same. And and the thought is, it's one year enough. One year is more than enough if we trust the Holy Spirit to do it for us, and if we focus, design our programs to do that. I find that you know, over the years, as each time the Lord reminds me of this truth, I, I begin to plan that. But it's not easy to stay focused on it why? because people around you, the churches around and the way we have been, we grew up, the churches that we went to, it wasn't designed that way. And so before you know it, you are in that mode of serving the people again. You, 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 you even almost fall into the trap of performing for the people. You, you're thinking of Sunday that, you know what, I'm going to, I want to give it all my best so that the people will feel that this is a great pastor and that I'm doing my work. No. Our goal is not to do a great work as a preacher. The work of ministry is to disciple. And you know what? We can't do it from the pulpit. Discipleship cannot be done from the pulpit. Discipleship has to be done daily, in daily living. And so the Bible pastor is the pastor of the future. In other words, you can do the work of ministry without having all the time because you don't have as many people you know, and as a private pastor, you may not need to have too many people uh, in the church at the beginning. You you just need in, uh, as many as the Lord will send you to disciple. So this is my word of encouragement. It's a mistake I made. I, I'm not I'm not making that mistake, and I hope I don't make that mistake anymore. And all the pastors that are working with me, I hope they will not make that mistake. That they will keep learning. That you know what, all I have to learn to do. Let's make disciples for Jesus, empower them to make disciples for Jesus. We, we tell them, I always say, when Jesus met Peter from the beginning, within the first couple of weeks, he told him, I will make you fishers of men. My goal is to make you get other people like you to follow me. And that's the goal, that's the call, and that's what the Holy Spirit has, has designed us for and has, is empowering us to do, and he supports that. He encourages and empowers us to do that. Since I've been doing that, I've found that my ministry has been much easier. I don't panic and I don't, I don't stress uh, about numbers. I know that if we continue consistently working on each one that we've got and we, we train them, we tell them from the beginning, our goal is to get you to bring others to Jesus, to Jesus we will see some fantastic results. So thank you and God bless you. Now, before we Run closed. I have an, a question that someone asked. I'm going to try to attempt to answer that quickly because of time, but I will talk about it on another top, another podcast because it's a big topic, and I would like to answer that on a podcast episode. And that is, 
this person says that I have, I I think I have a call to to minister to pastor, and I'm working right now, but I don't know what's next. What do I do next? And that's a very fantastic question. If you if you feel called to the ministry, your your heart goes to leading people to Christ, discipling them, and seeing them disciple others. So as a pastor or any other kind of ministry, and you don't know what to do next. Um, how do I go about this? The first thing I, I will say is that you are in a church for a reason. God sent you to a church for a reason. I, the first thing, and I will say this again and again, and that's what I always say to people, prove your ministry in the church where you are now. Even if you feel called to pastor and start a new church, first thing is to prove your ministry in the ministry where you are now. So, um, get to talk to your pastor and begin to to serve more. Begin to give more into to things. If there's training, get those training and begin to practice whatever you you think the Lord has called you to do. Begin to do it and see how you're able to do that. So if a person comes to me and say, I, I feel called to be a pastor, well, in our own church, our church is life group based or small group based or self based. That's the same terminology. Then go ahead and try to multiply your life group. Try to multiply it. Use every gifting and every training you've got to multiply that life group. If you succeed in multiplying your life group once or twice, then you've proven the ministry. And I think your pastor will be ready to um, either move you to be a pastor within that church, if that's what you feel called to do, or encourage you and strengthen you to go and plant a church. And so you prove your ministry. So a music minister, you want to go forth and launch an album, launch a ministry in music, go ahead and prove it in the church. Um, get into the choir, get into the music ministry, begin to offer your, your ministry in meetings, and on and on. Your teacher, you want to start a teaching ministry, going around to teach, go ahead and try it in, the min- in your church. Talk to your pastor about it. Ask him that you want to do that within the church. Use your church that you are in right now to prove your ministry. And that's that's a short form. There are other things that need to be done. I'm going to uh, attempt to answer this as a whole podcast episode um, sometime in the future. So, yes, thank you very much. That's, that's all for today. I'm going to close with prayer. Father, I thank you so much for another time like this, just talking about ministry and encouraging one another as pastors, especially Bible pastors and Bible ministers. Lord, I pray that you help us to really focus on making disciples. I pray that every pastor out there that is listening to this, their hearts will will, will resonate with your, your plans and they will begin to see how they can double and multiply their ministry by raising members who really know and love you and are ready to sacrifice their time and energy for the kingdom. I pray that uh, as they do this work of ministry, as we all do this work of ministry, we'll be able to to replicate what you've done in scriptures um, in, in, in the world today, that our hearts and our lives will be open to others. And through us, you'll be able to draw men and women who are willing to lay down their lives, their resources for the kingdom. Lord, I, I pray that joy and peace will rest upon the hearts of 
um, my listeners, everyone that's listening to me today, that they will realize that you have not called us to, to do the work. You have called us to, to enjoy your work, your power in us as, as you lead us to, to draw others to you. Thank you so much, Lord, and, and uh, uh, take all the glory in all this, in Jesus' name. Father, I, I take the also this moment to pray for every pastor that seems to be weighed down by the fact that they don't have numbers uh, or weighed down by the fact that there are so many people that are in the church that's, that ought to be doing a lot, but they are not. Uh, I pray that at this moment they will be encouraged to realize that maybe they have a mem- membership of 100, but just 20 people in the church are really disciples. So they should, I, I, I pray that they will be encouraged to focus on those 20 and help them to grow while strengthening the others to get into the path of discipleship. So I, I pray also for, for strength and wisdom for each one of us. And I ask that your name alone be glorified. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Let's go out there and and do the work of ministry. You've been listening to the Bible Podcast with Ade Sabanjo. Please head over to adesobanjo.com to join the conversation and access all of the resources shared on the podcast. You can also record your questions by using the red button on the right-hand side of the page. If this is your first episode of the Bivo Podcast, Take the time to listen to the earlier episodes where Ade talks about his amazing recovery from stroke and the lessons he learned. These lessons have revolutionized Ade's life and they will make your life so much more fruitful too. Till the next episode, keep spreading the love of Jesus everywhere.